listen to this. I think this is 5.1. This is surround sound. This is the Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. Look at me. We're going to bring your mama home. A giant flying elephant at a circus goes on an adventure. Yes, it's a tale as old as time with Dumbo. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Us is a horror flick I would normally not have any intention of seeing, but this one is from Jordan Peele. Let me guess. You're the kind of guy that ignores the rules because it makes you feel in control. Am I right? You're not wrong. You think that's cute? You think it's cute? And how do you fall in love with an infectious disease? How do you do it as a teenager? That is five feet apart. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Kyron Wheatley. I've seen heaps of movies, but none of those. Luckily, Vary McIntyre and Michael Campbell hello. both have. Now, as always, we have a Village Cinemas Gold Pass Double Pass to give away a little later on. But first... You have until tomorrow night to fix that. Me? Make those ears disappear. Don't look at me. Hi, baby Dumbo. Welcome to the circus. We're all family here, no matter how small. Dumbo is a Disney classic. I'm not really sure what else I can say. It's Dumbo. It's Dumbo, guys. Hopefully everybody knows it, the flying baby elephant. But in this one, there's more human characters or human characters at all. Colin Farrell plays a wounded World War I vet who returns to the circus, which is run by Danny DeVito, and he helps his two kids train Dumbo. But then Michael Keaton appears as a ruthless businessman who wants to take advantage of Dumbo's talents for his own ends. This is the next in line. Disney's new strategy is, remember this? It's it's back. (laughs) (laughs) Remember Dumbo? Yeah, here it is. That's what I feel. That's why I was like, I don't know what I can say about this. It's Dumbo, right? And then in a few months, there's Aladdin. A few months after that, there's Lion King. (laughs) Well, I think Will Smith was actually approached to be in Dumbo. (laughs) He said no because he's going to do Aladdin. And it's kind of a bit much, isn't it? (laughs) If it's just like Will Smith now taking over Disney. (laughs) He could also be Mufasa in the Lion King. That's true. (laughs) I must admit, I don't have any love for the original Dumbo. When I was a kid, I always found it like a weird, depressing cartoon. It's all grey and glib. Yeah. And this one is... Well, that's because it's weird and depressing. Yeah, it is. Anything before the 90s from Disney is kind of weird and depressing. Yeah. But this one is a little more optimistic and hopeful, which I think, thank God, they they, cleaned up. They got rid of the questionable crow characters as well. Yes. (laughs) Which I had forgotten about, Yeah. I think that's what Disney want. Mm. Yes, hopefully. (laughs) This is a long time coming, right? Have I been hearing about this movie for a while? I don't know. I think all of the Disney remakes have been a long time coming. So as well as being a remake of the original, which I think was only 63 minutes long, this is more than twice that length. So it also feels like a sequel because I got about halfway through the film and I was like, yeah, this feels like the original. They did a really good job at crafting it in a realistic way with the human characters and having it as this is a real baby elephant. He just happens to be able to fly as well. And then it sort of veers off into this different territory, which was not in the cartoon at all. And I was like, oh, this feels completely different. But when you think about, yeah, it's double the length. They had yeah. to make some stuff <laughs> yeah. up. I guess I could give them that. They could just have people like twiddling their thumbs yeah. for like the extra half of the running time. What I found really weird about this movie is like Dumbo as a character, I thought was really good. He's so cute and he's hmm. so sympathetic and there's never a point where you, you don't believe that he is like there in the room. The CGI in him is really good. Yeah. And I always believed he was there. 
but I never believed they were anywhere, like location-wise. Did you get that? Yeah, and they were. What do you mean? Feels like, it doesn't feel like they're really at a circus. It feels very green screeny. Yeah. There's even a scene in a oh, wheat the field. backgrounds are like... Yeah, like... Like scene- Dumbo's been a bit of a diva, claimed all the money. <laughs> <laughs> like, Can I get makeup, please? Yes. But I look surely, horrible over here. Surely there's a scene like where two people are talking in a wheat field that's clearly filmed inside a studio. Mm. You would think would be more expensive than just going outside to a wheat field. <laughs> And just, did you, yeah, I thought that was so interesting that one of the CGI creations is so like perfect and Mm. never ever falters. And obviously that's where like all the CGI budget went Mm. because it just feels weird and kind of slightly fake set wise. And a mistake. They didn't design it that way. It did feel a bit made up, but the original is a cartoon. So maybe they were trying to go with that aesthetic. Is that a monkey in your desk? Just for emergencies. Look. Mr. Vanderveer, I probably should tell you, the elephant is not for sale. Dumbo will only fly for the Medici Circus. That's assuming he is real. Dad, wake up, let's go. The elephants need us. Look at that. Baby, got a baby. We got a baby. What is that? A face only a mother could love. Sir, many of us find you handsome. I was talking about the elephant. So we know Will Smith's not in this movie. Who is in this film? <laughs> well, Colin Farrell, I guess, is the biggest star. Eva Green is yep. also in it. It's yep. probably important to note it's a Tim Burton movie. Uh, so, therefore, that kind of fake look is his style. And, therefore, Eva Green has been, has been appearing in, like, the last five of these movies, I think. She's, like, the new – who do you used to be married to? Helena Bonham Carter used to show up yeah. in all these movies. Now it's Eva Green. We also got Danny DeVito, who, my money, was the best part of the movie. He's as Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito in a be. circus film. How does that? <laughs> I can't picture that. Well, Danny DeVito in a Tim Burton movie means he's got tails and a top hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's a penguin. Oh, like big fish <laughs> yeah. as well. I think yeah. he was maybe a ringmaster in that as well. Yeah. But he's the classic Danny DeVito. He's kind of a scumbag. But he's also kind of a good guy and he's barely holding on by the skin of his teeth with this circus together. He's wheeling and dealing and kind of double-crossing people in this like charming little scant way. I thought he was really, really good. But on the note of having Tim Burton at the helm, you would expect it to be more dark than it was and more perhaps eccentric and really hamming up the idea that this is a set and make it cartoony the way that I felt it was in like Alice in Wonderland and things like that. And they didn't go far enough with it, I think, for it to be like a darker sort of version because, as we said, the original is dark itself. So is this for kids or adults? For kids, I would say definitely. definitely. kids. And speaking of kids. But is there something there? Like, I mean, it's still a yeah, Tim Burton oh yeah, film. Yeah, for sure. I, I think where it's going for it, it's aimed at kids in its subject matter and the Dumbo's being so cute and what it's going for for adults is nostalgia. Yeah. Being like, I watched that when I was a kid. I want to take my kid to go see that. I remember that scene. I remember the mm. feather. I remember the pink elephants. <laughs> I'm going to feel really bad for this. I need to pull up one thing. There's two young kids in it. Colin Farrell's kids. The daughter was pretty awful. I was gonna <laughs> say that as well, but then I was like, she's a kid. Uh, Do yeah, not that's say thing. this? I'm normally, I try, I try and account for like, a kid actor can only really get so far, but not a single emotion. <laughs> no. Did it feel like she's had so much Botox that she can't move her face? But I'm like, but you're 12, so I'm that's sorry. probably not. I'm so glad you agree with me because I said this after the film and someone was like, you're horrible. How could you say that? But she's not good. <laughs> but that's if I have one complaint about it, it's that. It's the children. I would compare it to Kyron. 
If anyone remembers The Phantom Menace, there was Jake Lloyd, the little Anakin Skywalker, who's kind yeah. of maligned for being a pretty bad kid actor. Yeah. It's, it's at that level, I would yeah, right. say. Baby Jumbo, look at me. Do what I do. Blow. No, not the feather. Your ears. Blow. So who should see this film? If you've got little kids and you grew up on these Disney classics, it's going to work for both of you. You'll get that nostalgia kick and they'll get a cute little baby elephant for their generation. Yeah, they had a more positive, progressive ending than the original movie as well. So it's going to appeal to a more modern audience. And there was a big market for The Greatest Showman. It kind of reminded me of that without the musical bits. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbours. But you ask you have a family? Hi, can I help you? What are you people? It's us. They look exactly like us. Us is the new horror from Jordan Peele, the comedian turned Oscar darling, and he has stacked it with stars. Elizabeth Moss, Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric, and Black Panther stars Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke. So suddenly, this boy, who hates horror, (laughs) is interested. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like Jordan Peele has crossed that threshold of getting horror out of like a niche thing that only certain people are into, and now everyone's kind of interested in his movies. And I think it's because they're like... They're horror, but not really. The story of Us, and we should say this is only ever screened once at South by Southwest. So the secrets are super tight. We haven't even been able to see it. That's how tight and secretive this movie is. But it's about a family that goes on vacation. And whilst they're away, what appear to be exact doppelgangers of them start terrorizing them in their summer house. And from what we understand, things get pretty messed up from there. I love that idea that it starts with a weird interesting premise and then just goes off the wall. Yeah, I am definitely going to see this. (laughs) And when I started this podcast, I was terrified to see any horror movies. It's changed my mind though. (laughs) And also being a fan of folklore as I am, what this reminded me was of in Celtic folklore, there's spirits called wraiths among other names and they will follow people and take their likeness. And if the person they're following sees themselves, they usually die of fright. So they're not usually very malevolent. They won't kill people, but it's just the shock of seeing themselves as a double. So that's what that reminded me of. I don't know if Jordan Peele thought of that when he was writing this. Apparently it came from his genuine fear of doppelgangers. (laughs) They really freak him out, apparently. If two people look alike, but there's something slightly off about one, it really freaks him out. Yeah, it's really freaky when you tried to kill yourself. (laughs) But given that there's a shot in the trailer of Lupita Nyong'o just covered in blood, screaming, walking down a street, it makes Mm. me think that they're not just going to uh, be all around. They're going, I just want this movie to get weird. Is that an odd thing to say? I want it to go just off the rails well, weird. It does seem like comedians at the moment have a thing where they think about something like that, some absurdity, like how they're freaked out by doppelgangers, mm. and then they sit there and think about it and turn into a horror. Charlie Brooker with mm. Black Mirror yeah. and all the series that he's done, and Jordan Peele again and again with his horror flicks. And it's interesting that like people that were comedic originally tend to have a pretty good grasp on genres outside of their own. Even like Adam McKay with like The Big Short and Vice, he's obviously his 
comedy and his interest in politics have melded really well. And then Jordan Peele seems to have taken something that he loves, like old school 70s new wave horror, and then just given it his spin. Yeah, we've talked about this before, haven't we? Like timing. Like if you if because mm-hmm. comedy is all about timing, you can just get the rhythm and the yeah. beat of a film in, in the way that Adam McKay really does. Yeah. And the way that it's clear Jordan Peele does as well. Well, they've got so m- many internal horrors, the only way they can release that in a socially acceptable manner is through comedy. Yeah. So really they're very tortured <laughs> and they just laugh it off. Yeah, yeah. so that feel bad every time you laugh at anything key and peel. You're like, he's he's dying inside. Don't laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's always that tendency when a director has a hit like Jordan Peele had with Get Out that was like that was like a two, three million dollar movie. It was pretty small to go huge with their next one. And I think that generally doesn't work out too well. But this looks very much along the lines of Get Out. It doesn't look very expensive. It looks to be set mostly in a house in the woods. The cast is pretty small. I guess you only had to pay half because they double up. (laughs) And I like that he didn't just go, give me $100 million and I'll give you the weirdest stuff, which is exactly what happened to Richard Cowley who made Donnie Darko. His next project cost $100 million. No one saw it and it was terrible. I did see an interview with Jordan Peele on um, the red carpet for it and he said that for your second film, always stick to what you know. He was trying to replicate something that he was good at. Don't try to do something bigger and different because, as we see, it doesn't work. And this one I hope and I think it's it's going to work exactly like it did with Get Out. So you're onto a formula, stick with it. Can I tell you something I'm really nervous about? In all the promotion, Mm. really prevalent is a huge pair of scissors. (laughs) And I'm really nervous about what <laughs> part that's going to play. Sort of saw way. Yeah. It just, it makes me uncomfortable. Every time I see the poster and just a huge pair of golden scissors, <laughs> I'm like, nothing good. Nothing good will come of that. Okay, let's call the cops. I did. They're 14 minutes away. What? 14 minutes? Okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay. Jason, give me the bat. What bat? The baseball bat, the bat. There's one in the corner. Here, here. Thank you. Gabe. All right, hold on. I got this. Let's try this again. Gabe. No, 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 no. All right. Gabe. I got this. I got this. So who should say this film? I mean, I think us, we're all really excited <laughs> for it. I think. If you saw Get Out, and I think if you like those horror movies that aren't necessarily a slasher on the loose trying to cut people up like Jason Voorhees. It's more kind of psychological and a little weirder. I think this is a movie for you. Yeah, it kind of looked to me like a bit of The Purge crossed with Get Out. So something scary and like a family-based horror. Also in cinemas, Lego Movie 2. Yes, the sequel to Lego Movie 1. Destroyer. That Nicole Kidman. Ah, oh. good side, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and Fighting With My Family. Yes, a movie about Paige, the WWE star that was produced by The Rock. You can hear about all those by clicking on the previous episode and whatever podcast app that you're in right now. What, what are you doing up here? Six feet at all times. You both know the rules. Will, get back to your room. There you go. A little name for your psychological profile. I'm Will Newman. And you are? Deaf. Stella, thank you for putting your mask back on. Stella. You need to lighten up. It's just life. It'll be over before you know it. It's not something I've ever really considered before, but perhaps seems like the perfect place for a romance. How do you, as a teenager, find your way into rather grown-up feelings and deal with falling in love if you have a disease that keeps both of you five feet apart? Yeah, so this one is a 
teenage heart-wrenching romance about these two teenagers who are living in hospital. At the time, they are doing a drug trial. They've both got cystic fibrosis and they meet and fall in love, obviously, but they can't even, you know, being in the same room as each other could possibly kill them. So they've got a lot of obstacles to overcome and it also, and it also shows a lot of their disease and how they have to deal with that in hospital as well. So it's a bit of a romance and I learned a bit about CF as well. And there's this whole idea that like if, if they touch each other, their disease will then essentially kind of multiply and multiply and, and it's a death sentence. And th- that idea that they can't ever really touch each other or be closer than five feet is kind of like a, such a sad, tragic thing. Can I tell you what I love most about this movie? Yeah. Hayley Lou Richardson. She, for me, was the whole movie. I... Didn't even think I'd even seen her before. And I was like, who is this girl? Mm. She's so good. I looked her up. I've seen a bunch. <laughs> she's in yeah. like she's in split. She's in so many things. Mm. But I'd never seen her as like a, as a central character. I love her. She's so good. She's so charming. She's so similar to when I watched uh, Easy A and you saw Emma Stone. You're like, there's something there. There's something about you that's so watchable and so movie star. And I got that from her as well. Yeah. And Cole Sprouse is in this as well, who is famous for being in Riverdale. He's also the kid Ben from Friends. Yeah. Ross's kid. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, that's oh. cute. <laughs> Didn't know that. You know, there's a theory about that in Friends because you know how he sort of disappears in the later season of Friends? Yeah. And uh, it's like, what happened to Ross's son? And I guess the writers are just like, oh, we're kind of done with that storyline. <laughs> so now there's like fan fiction of like Ross is actually a horrific father and he was <laughs> taken away from him by Docs and... <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, maybe the kid. Uh, well, he's done well. He's clearly done well. He's off in. He's in Hollywood now. Yeah. Maybe so. the kid was diagnosed with a disease, put in a hospital, and it leads into this movie. <gasps> oh oh my God. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All film theory. Can I just gush though about the director, who is called Justin Baldoni? He's an actor on Jane the Virgin, but he also directed a documentary series about people with terminal illness and founded a production company to create socially conscious content. So he's made this film. And also for people who have not seen him, I'll just say that he was also on an episode of Bold and the Beautiful. So you can just imagine <laughs> yeah, the picture he's, he's of... Yeah, he's quite chiselled, quite... Oh, uh... And this guy, like, he sounds like the perfect man. <laughs> just so you have a so bit of a crush on him. Yeah. Well, just learning about how he's trying to push all these socially conscious movies and, and content for people to see and he wants this disease to be more in people's minds and get awareness out is just really great. What's that? My to-do list. To-do list? It's pretty old-fashioned for someone that builds apps. Yeah, well, the app doesn't give me the satisfaction of doing that. What else is on that to-do list of yours? My master list or my daily list? Yeah, of course you have two lists. No, the master list, that's the big stuff, right? Okay. Volunteer in an important political campaign. Done. Study all the works of William Shakespeare. Done. Share everything I know about CF with other people. That's my YouTube page. So your plan is to die really smart so that you can join the debate team of the dead or something? What about traveling the world? These kind of a movie, these teenage romance movies, like uh, Fault in Our Stars recently, there's a whole slew of them, uh, The Spectacular Now, these movies with these two young teenagers in love, but it's kind of tragic. They don't really appeal to me so much, but this one I genuinely... Why, because they're sort of done or they're just it, a bit simple or are they like it just, elementary? It seems a bit like the same movie each time. 
it's just Romeo and Juliet. It's just Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's and I guess point. for the I guess for teenagers, it's the first time they've seen that. Yeah, <laughs> so they might like it. But I like that this had elements. It was set in a world that I'd not seen a movie like this set in before. It had elements I'd not seen before, and genuinely, I thought it was just a really sweet moving kind of a, a movie and maybe my expectations played a part in that i'm not sure because i was expecting it just to be you know one of the rabble but genuinely i really liked it well, perhaps as well because of the setting i mean that, when i saw that i was like oh that's quite an interesting idea mm. where you know they are trapped by disease yeah and it, it, there's this weird trend in hollywood of these teenage romance movies that are also kind of slightly medical in, in nature. So um, Fault Now Stars, the same kind of thing, these two people going through the mm. same kind of a treatment together yep. and the idea that, that that gross kinship, whereas I felt that a little manipulative, this one felt pretty genuine. Yeah, I think it helped that their acting was very naturalistic and what helped that was I heard that they had a nurse coach. Now some actors have acting coaches or a language coach to help them on set and these kids had a nurse coach who has 30-plus years' experience in cystic fibrosis, dealing with kid patients. So whenever they were on set, she could tell them how they should act, how they were going through their treatments and the disease. And, you know, they had to wear this suit that vibrates them Mm. so much that it gets all the phlegm off of their lungs so they can breathe again and all the medication that they have to take and that they took very careful steps to try and portray that in a realistic manner. They also spoke to someone who had cystic fibrosis, I believe. Yes. Who has sadly passed away, but I think was able to sort of really share their experience with them of, of what it's actually like. And that's the thing. It's a disease not often seen in, in Hollywood movies as well, which I think, again, just makes it kind of unique and fascinating is maybe the wrong word because it's such a morbid thing, but it is kind of fascinating to see this whole world that they have to live. There is a warning I will give for people that cry in movies, there was, a, there was a girl that saw the screening with us who cried for the rest of the day after this Aww. movie was out. And every time someone said, hey, how was Five Feet Apart? She would cry again. <laughs> so it is quite emotional. Did you cry? Yeah, I did up a little bit. There's a couple of um, side characters in the, um, the cast as well yeah. that really pull on the heartstrings mm. and the ending is just... So teenagers, who should see this film? I don't think it necessarily even needs to restrain itself to teenagers. That's definitely its core demographic, I guess. Yeah, I think it's suitable for ages 13 plus, but even people in their 20s I think will enjoy it as well. Like we said, Fault Now stars, those sorts of films. For your chance to win a Village Cinema's Gold Class Double Pass, you can go to Facebook or Instagram and leave a comment on the Cinema Crew post answering the question. Well, with Dumbo coming out, we want to know what other Disney classic do you want to see done in live action? Pop in the hashtag the Cinema Crew and you could win. Next week, Shazam is the next attempt from DC to beat Marvel at the big screen. Stephen King's suspense-filled writing is back on the silver screen with Pet Cemetery, And it must be school holidays because Wonder Park is a new animation to get the kids out of the house. Anyway, that's next week. Until then, thanks, Cambo. Thank you. Thanks, Vari. Thanks. I'm Karen Wheatley, and we'll see you at the very least. You'll hear us next week on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.